Well, if our college students come in, we may change the program. <laughs> they're late, but I think they're not going to be here. Uh, there is a story that I wanted to tell and then try to relate it to the topic I'll speak to. But it's a, a, one of the Buddhist stories, and probably a lot of you have heard it, but it's about the, it's a simile of the acrobats. And I found out one scholar is saying that one of the student acrobat is actually a woman. So I like that. So there were two street acrobats. You know, they do things in the Buddha's day, uh, and people would throw coins, and that's how they made their living. And the young student, who was a woman, uh, asked, her to, asked the teacher, how, how should we, uh, how can we do this act together? You know, they had some tricky partner things. And she was a little concerned about how they could work together. And he told her, the teacher told her, well, if you watch me that, and I watch you, then that'll work out. We'll be, we'll be okay. We'll make the flips and all the things that we're doing. She thought about it for a while. And she said, you know, I don't think that's right. I think it should be that I watch myself and I'm very careful and do all my stuff right, and you watch yourself and do everything you're supposed to do right, take care of yourself that way, and then I think we'll be okay doing the acts together. And of course the teacher, she was a woman after all, the teacher was, and she, he was the teacher, he said, I disagree with you. So they happened to be right outside one of the parks where the Buddha and his monks stayed. So they were able to go in and they talked, they were able to get an audience with the Buddha and they asked the Buddha the question. They said, what's, what's right? We're, you know, we're depending on each other for our livelihood and our lives with some of these tricky things. So should I watch the teacher and the teacher watch me or how should we do it? And the Buddha said, I agree with the student. You should watch yourself and do, do your part of the act as best you can. And if each one of you watches yourself, then you'll be actually watching each other too. You'll be helping each other. So you'll be fine. But the most important thing is to do your, do your own act, you know, have your own act together, and then you'll be fine together. So you're helping yourself and you're helping your partner. And so, that's the simile of the acrobat. And then, of course, we can talk about it endlessly, what that means, but it's, to me, that's a really pretty obvious, straightforward one. But how do, we, how do we protect ourselves? Because that's what they're asking. How do we do this complicated routine and protect ourselves from getting hurt? The Buddha said, first of all, you take care of yourself. And he also inferred that if you take care of yourself, you are in fact taking care of that other person. You're taking care of others. But you're doing it by taking care of yourself. And so I think what he's telling us is we have to do, we have to take care of ourselves and the way we primarily do that is through our practice. I mean, first and foremost, we have to have that solid, our solid base of mindfulness and then of deeper penetration, that's our sitting practice. That's where we begin. We begin on the cushion 
or for me more and more often it's on a chair. <laughs> but that's where we begin. That's where we learn to protect ourselves. And when we do that, it, it reaches out and affects everyone we come in contact with. And I think all of us who have been practicing, if we've even been practicing meditation for a few months on any kind of a, a regular basis, even if it's just once a week, we probably could all share experiences of how we've seen things in our daily life change. Uh, relationships may have gotten a little easier. We may feel like we're, being, we're able to look at things from a, a little bit different perspective or we're aware that there are other perspectives instead of just the one we have. So I think we've all seen that in our practice. Even if you don't think you're a good practitioner, uh, if, you've, if you've been sitting at all, you notice changes in your life. Probably, if you hadn't, you wouldn't keep coming back. You'd decide this is not for me, and you'd, you'd go look for something else. So that's the, a perfect example of how we're taking care of ourselves, but we're also taking care of that other person. Whoever we're, whoever we're engaging with at the moment is that partner in our act. So that's, we're, we're doing our thing with them. It may just be a brief conversation as we pass them on the street. But as we become more mindful, we're taking care of ourselves and we're taking care of everyone we're in contact with. So how does that then fit in with this group as a community? I think, um, I had seen something very interesting from a new community. It's uh, Lod uh, Sangha in the Desert, I can't think of the name. But it's a new meditation group that's meeting in, uh, in the desert in the southwest, near, near Joshua Tree. And they had a very interesting result of a survey they had taken of their members, the people who've been coming. They did a survey and they put the results online. And the group's been meeting in a, a rented space in a Joshua Tree, and they've been meeting for about a year or so. So they had a wonderful response for the survey. So the survey had two questions. What would you like to see our community do more of or do that we're not doing? And there was a list of about 40 things. And, and they were wonderful things. They're the kind of things we always talk about here. And when I talk to people uh, after a service, it's the kind of things we're talking about. We want to do this, we want to do this, we want to add this. And, but then the second question on the survey was, what can you do to help us realize those goals that you personally have? And so they asked everyone, what can, what can we do to, what does our community need to grow and flourish? But I love the second question, which was what can, what can you do, what can I do to make any of these things happen? And that's where, that's where the question gets a little tighter and a little more difficult. Because what often happens is we have a long list of the stuff we want but when it comes to the stuff I can do to make that happen, the list gets really shorter. I'm too busy, I don't have enough time, I don't have the right uh, 
you know, I don't, I, I'm not good on the computer, or I'm not good cleaning toilets, or I'm not, uh, you know, the, the, they're, they're, the list is shorter and shorter, or I don't know how to talk to people, I'm uncomfortable communicating with people. So, and we all do that. I'm, I'm not pointing any fingers. Um, but the, but I think I like the story of the acrobat thinking about how we take care of ourselves and that helps us take care of others. And I think how that connects when we think about our, our temple and our sangha, we have to always think our practice is first. But like the Buddha said, our noble friends are the most important part of our practice. Our noble friends are not just part of this journey. Our noble friends are all of this journey. And that journey is helping support each other in our personal, individual, private practice. So that connection is very deep that you can't separate the two. So I think uh, what I'd just like to leave you with is to really think about that. If you, and, and uh, if you feel that you kind of don't enjoy very much working with other people or doing things with other people, you might not be here either. You might have decided this isn't the group for you. But a lot of times people like to come to meditation, but maybe they don't like to do things with, they don't like to do the other things. They prefer to just, you know, come for meditation once in a while and be on their own. But I think another thing that can happen is we cultivate our mindfulness and we cultivate our, uh, our, our wisdom that we will find that there are a lot of ways we can interact with other people and there are a lot of ways we can get, we can, we can develop noble friendships and get the things that we want in those friendships. And we're talking about noble friends, not uh, superficial, you know, how's the weather, what you do last night, but noble friends who we can discuss the Dhamma with, we can, uh, talk about the things that are important in our life and know that we're going to get back some some thoughtful responses and some wisdom and be Dhamma teachers for each other. So we may find that as we work on our own practice that we, we indeed do want some of this fellowship more because it's a different quality. It's, it, it, we don't have to continue the same old uh, cocktail party talk, we, we can see there's a way for it to be a totally more profound uh, interaction. Of course we'll always say, hi, how are you, the weather's terrible, you know, we, we all do that, that's, that's wired into us. But then we can very quickly go deeper and we'll begin to, to uh, want that more and more. So, remember the acrobats. And remember that everything we do is just as fragile and tenuous as those acrobats. You know, that's about impermanence too. I see that image of impermanence there. At any minute, you know, you're off the wire or you're, you're in the ditch. But we, we work with that the best way we can, which is first work on our own practice, our own wisdom, our own depth. And then we, we see how that affects others. And that just leads to more. You know, we want more. We want more of those connections. We want more of that depth.